Do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Gabby. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 379. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is what, sweetheart? Parent self-understanding. Very good. On today's show, you ask questions, we answer questions, or as best we can. Uh, we do this every now and again, and we're just in the mood today to do some Q&As. You up for it? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I don't really have any quick takes. That might be good. Are you disappointed? No. I can make some quick takes up. I think we're good. Okay. <laughs> um, so we're just going to jump right in here. Um, here's the deal. I'm pretty sure I got permission from this gentleman, and this is kind of a deep, a deep one, a relationship one. Then don't use names. I'm pretty sure he told me I could. Let's call him. But, but does it, like, it doesn't make it any Maybe better. it'll make him feel special. Hey, they're talking about me. Well, why don't you just use his initials? M. Okay. All right. I'm pretty sure, Em, you let me say your name, but you're right, sweetie. Let's just be above table. Um, just started listening to your podcast. You might have to write stuff down because it's a paragraph. Um, he's got a wife and two girls. Uh, the baby's six months old, and she's not sleeping through the night. That's too bad. And we had similar pro- problems with the toddler when she was younger. After listening to one of your most recent podcasts, I realized that my wife and I are deadlocked in not understanding one another. She thinks that she's consistently suffers more than me when it comes to sleeplessness with the babies, which I find to be exhausting and insulting. She won't budge, but I'm trying to break the cycle. I admit that it goes back and forth and that neither of us consistently suffers more than the other due to the lack of sleep, but she is very adamant that she suffers more and that I somehow deserve to be treated with less respect and kindness. I get exhausted too and sometimes just need a 30-minute nap. Me too, brother. Mm-hmm. 30-minute nap without her complaining endlessly about it. Even if I let her sleep in and nap, she won't reciprocate. It's like misery loves company. It's like she's not happy unless she thinks I'm suffering more than her when it comes to struggles with the girls. Any books you can recommend to help us break this cycle? Now that I recognize this deadlock, I think I can overcome it. His, his language is interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to fix her, but get us back to understanding one another. Yeah. That's a big one. Well, I think I could offer something. I think we both can. Our podcast last week probably is about men-women relationship stuff or masculine-feminine. So, uh-huh. And I'm not sure if you listen to that. So, M, if you haven't, go ahead, go back and listen to that. What is your two cents with this one? Well, I think that if you recognize that she's feeling like she does a lot of work and that, yes, I in no way um, would want to make you think that I, I, let me say this, I know you do a lot of work too, you know, this, whoever wrote this letter, um, um, like I know that you're doing a ton and you're going to work and you are just as tired and you have every right to feel that way. But your wife is communicating through behavior, meaning she's trying to tell you something and possibly, I'm just going to, you know, throw this out there. You are meeting her with your own challenges rather than tell me what I don't understand. Because her telling you what she's feeling or how overwhelmed she's feeling does not in any way challenge what you're feeling. What I mean by that is if she's able to vocalize 
and able to let you know how tired she is or overwhelmed she is. And you are able to meet her with instead, if you can meet her with just listening rather than explaining how you're just as tired, she may be able to take in what you're doing. Meaning, I think sometimes we confront each other with it, you know, like you use the words, this deadlock, this gridlock, it's because you guys are coming at each other saying, yeah, I'm more busy. I'm more busy. I'm more tired. I'm more tired. And nobody is stopping and recognizing that by listening to another and having compassion for another, it doesn't take away what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So you, you just saying, honey, tell me everything you're doing and let me just hear it and let me be present. And you don't have to say all these words, just be present and don't do the yeah, but, or me too, or your time will come at a different time. And it could be later that night. It could be the next day. I'm not saying that she always needs to go first. What I'm saying is she's trying to communicate with you that yes, you're busy, but there's something you're missing about her experience. Mm -hmm. And instead of trying to like Todd said, compete with her experience, allow it to be self-standing. Like it has nothing to do with you. I mean, it has everything to do with you, but she just wants to be seen, not told why you're just as busy. Mm-hmm. Make sense? It does. And I can't speak to this listener's uh, experience or situation, but what I can do is talk a lot about um, my experience and uh, what I witness from my guys, from the guys that I know, good friends and all that. And the first thing I want to say is um, if this mom is a full-time mom and she's chasing after a six-month-old and a two-year and Mm -hmm. six-month-old, she's working hard. Safe to say, if she, my guess is she's probably nursing, so she's giving her body away, you know, three times, you know, every three hours, you know, it's just crazy. And what a lot of us guys will say, and this isn't to M's point because it may not be in his situation, but a lot of us guys are like, hey man, I work hard too. Guys, you do work hard, but your wife works just as hard and just, if if not more hard, and I'm willing to, to say in our marriage, Kathy, you work in, in the, these dark days, which they're in, I call these the dark days, what the sleep deprivation days. These are really challenging moments in a marriage. Also wonderful moments. They're not all challenging. Um, just because you work hard and you earn the paycheck, guys, I'm not talking to him, but guys, doesn't give you the right or the permission to, all right, I'm done working for the day. And you were at home all day, honey, and I'm, I need to take a nap or I need to unwind or I need to do this. Just because your workday is over doesn't mean your responsibilities are over during the day. So I'm trying to kind of maybe um, address this with a little bit more bluntness than maybe I ordinarily would do. Well, I think there's this feeling of in our old world before kids, we had these times when we would work and then we'd have time off and then we could maybe have a drink or go out to eat or relax or watch TV. And when we have kids, things aren't quite as separate, Mm -hmm. meaning sometimes we do come home from work and have to go right into parenting. And this is men and women. And that we may say it shouldn't be this way. I should have time to relax. I should be able to have a beer. And I want you to know that both genders are feeling this way. I think moms, I will speak for myself, 
when I had kids, I had the realization that I was never off, which meant that if I went to bed, I, I often felt anxious because I knew someone was going to be waking me up really soon. So I had no escape except really when I wasn't present. And so for those who are working hard and then coming home thinking, I should have some time off, I should be able to relax, I want you to know that mom is feeling exactly the same way. And even nighttime, oh, sorry, even nighttime isn't a time to relax. And I think, again, Todd and I would never say to either of you, any man, woman, you know, any couplehood, partnerhood, we would never say, no, this person works harder than this person because I don't believe in that. This isn't a competition at all. This is about you have to recognize the, the experience that everybody is having. Some days your day M might be harder. Mm -hmm. And some days your wife's day is harder. And it's not about having the competition every day deciding whose is harder. It's recognizing that you guys are the team and the kids are you know, the players on the team, you yeah. know, they're, you're the coaches yeah. and that you're working together to make this work, not against each other in who's doing more work. Well, and, and I feel like maybe both of these people are focusing on what they're not getting. And if they could simply, you know, change the lenses from what I'm not getting to uh, appreciation and gratitude, because my guess is, um, this listener does a lot of wonderful things for his family, mm -hmm. but yet his wife may be just focusing on the 30 minute nap. Mm -hmm. And conversely, the listener is probably, you know, assuming his wife is a full-time mom, she is doing a million awesome things during the day because of this family that they co-created yet. They're focusing on what they're not getting from the mm -hmm. other instead change your expectation for appreciation. And that is a practice, that is a muscle that you have to flex on a daily basis. And it's not going to work. Um, it's not going to help just that first day. It's something that needs to be sustained over a period of time. Because in the beginning, they're going to be like, oh, you're just saying that because you want to take a nap tomorrow. So you're saying thank you today. It needs to be genuine and authentic. And it doesn't happen overnight in most cases. And you know, you bring up the nap. I think you said that sometimes she gets mad if he takes a nap. Yeah. That's just a surfacey symptom problem. Like we, there's many people who can get really wrapped up in that and say, oh, she isn't fair or why does she get to sleep in and I can't take a nap. That's just the surface. You got to go below that. Why does you, why for her watch, I can't say the sentence. Why when she sees you take a nap, does she have a triggering response? That's a conversation right there. Mm -hmm. And she may not be able to articulate it perfectly to you initially, but instead of anger and I can't believe you won't let me sleep and what's wrong with you, it's when I take a nap, you seem to be so frustrated at me and let's talk about what I'm missing instead of why you're such a jerk for not letting me. Do you see what I mean? I, we I, come at things and and not and recognize them as symptoms. That's why I was trying to say before that she's trying to communicate. And you know what? Todd was saying something before about how you know, women have you know have this experience of bringing children into the world and then men have this experience of working and bringing it home and bringing home the money and obviously those are gender specific things. Oftentimes it's same sex couples and oftentimes it's adoption. And there's many different ways to look at and this. And reverse, the dad's and at reverse, home and the, the mom's out there exactly. making the paycheck. But let me say just 
a second for moms who are having children, who, you know, it's a biological experience. Their tiredness is something that's difficult to understand. When you, it's not just about the day to day, taking them to lunch, you know, having a play date, all that kind of stuff. When you are giving your body away to your children, it's something that, you know, I'd say 99% of women I talk to would say I'd do it again in a second. But it's very emotionally, physically, spiritually taxing. And it's not about, well, then that equals we get more naps. That's the surface. It's do you understand? Again, this is why I started with this needs to be a conversation. Do you understand what it's like to have zero freedom? Do you understand what it's like to give your body to nurse a child? Do you understand if, you know, it doesn't matter if that was just happening for two weeks or if it's been happening for two years. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what it's like to carry a baby in your body and then after you give birth, your body is never the same. And that's not just about how you look physically. A lot of times, again, surface, we get focused on, oh, my body's changed. I look different. It's more than that. Your body has changed, period. Everything about it, everything about the way you relate to yourself. And I think that dads have a similar experience in that they become different people. But I think that women have a more I think there is a more physical toll and often a more spiritual toll that is taken. So that doesn't, again, I'm not comparing, I'm giving you a new perspective. So that's like a lead into a conversation. Like, tell me about your physical experience that I haven't had. And it's not about her then winning. It's about you seeing something from a different perspective. So I have one more thing to say. Sure, and so do I. Um, on this week's This American Life, um, or maybe it was last week's, but the second story, um, I think what was it called? Fermi's? Uh, Fermi's Paradox. Fermi's Paradox, This American Life. The second story um, involves a therapist that I actually had the opportunity of going to her workshop about a year ago. Her name is Esther Perel. She focuses on couples, marriage, uh, sexuality. She's fantastic. I recommend her books. I recommend listening to her new podcast. Good, because he actually asked for uh, recommendations. Oh, good. So her new podcast is actually on Audible. Right. And it's called... Um, Where Do We Begin? Where Do We Begin? But one thing she talks about on the This American Life podcast is there's a couple that come in. And, and again, this isn't your situation, M. but just hear me out. It's a couple that have been together forever. And unfortunately, the, um, the, the, the guy in the relationship has been um, cheating for yeah. years and years and years. But they want to make this work. And they keep same thing. They keep headbutting about, the, you know, how they're going to get through this. And he's, you know, dealing with his own grief and his discomfort with his choices. And he's so in pain about he finally has realized his history and why he's done what he's done. And he feels so awful about it. And his wife is just trying to get him to understand her experience because every time they have a conversation, it always ends up on his experience where he'll say, yes, I know I did this to you and I can't believe my history and the trauma and that I went there and that I made these choices. And he constantly takes it back toward him. And all she wants is for him to say, and again, Esther helps them with this, just say, I can't believe how difficult this has been for you. Uh, yeah, that's that's the entry point and, of understanding one another. And you're it's actually a great podcast because you're hearing her do therapy with them. It's an audio. 
and she helps, she guides them to this point. And the woman just breaks down. All she wants to know is do you, yes, all those things he was saying before are still true, but to say, I can't believe how difficult this has been for you. Because she's been waiting to hear that forever. forever. And and it took this intervention with Esther to be able to help this man, in this case, understand what she needs. She doesn't need all these things that he thinks she needs. She needs understanding. And it's interesting because they keep going with the therapy session and he it's a practice because he keeps going back toward himself. Because that's his pattern. That's his pattern where he'll be like, and when I say back toward himself, I don't mean he's asking her, he's just being down on himself and focusing on his feelings and focusing on what a jerk he is. And while you may think that helps her, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to hear about what a jerk you are. She lived it. Yeah. She wants you to know. She wants to know that you know that she's in pain and you caused that. And he keeps bringing it back to yes, himself. Yes, he keeps talking about his pain, blah, blah, blah. So it's a good, again, that's not your situation, M. It's not the same issue, but I would recommend listening to that so you get, you can hear the way she guides them through the conversation because really everything is about communication. It's not that there's some unsolvable problem here. You and your wife are experiencing what all of us experience. And I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm saying that it's not a new issue. It's just finding ways to communicate and, and be respectful and thoughtful of each other. So if M's wife is also listening uh-huh. to this, because this is what we touched on last Tuesday, because there's times when you and I, Kathy, are not seeing eye to eye and we're having, you know, respectful arguments. Mm-hmm. and But you rarely, if ever, are mean mm-hmm. towards me or mm-hmm. disrespectful towards me mm-hmm. and and me to you. Like when we, when we have, we've grown up arguments, mm-hmm. but a lot of times that doesn't happen mm-hmm. in couples. So... Let's say that things are out of balance mm-hmm. and this this mom is working much harder. Mm-hmm. Just pretend. Just, let's let's pretend. pretend. That doesn't give her the right to be disrespectful towards her husband. No, because... Just like it doesn't give him the right to be... So that's the thing. And we talked about this a little bit last week is you can make a request without complaining. And when I say complaining, I mean like being nasty towards each other because then you're not you're not arguing about what's most important you're arguing about how you guys are being mean towards each other the things that that she his wife are coming to him with you can't take a nap you know all these kind these are her inability to say like say it speak the words of what the real issue is Mm. when she's saying don't take a nap she might be saying she might be thinking to herself do you see me? Exactly. Do you understand that I would like to take a nap and I never do? Yes, you let me, quote unquote, sleep in the other day. But do you know that you were doing that or that I don't have, you know, you did that this day and that day or that I don't have a choice? You know, I get up in the middle of the night. My point is, is that to her, I will speak to her directly for a second. You have a right to say these things. I know society doesn't give you a lot of backing and make you think that that you really have a, a voice and you may have had an upbringing where you didn't feel like what you said mattered or that you weren't valued. And maybe this isn't true. This is just, again, this is what I hear from a lot of women. And so you think if you really are angry about something, you almost don't have the right to be. So instead we go the passive aggressive route and we kind of like try and get digs in. And instead of really saying what we mean, we just go this roundabout way, which causes more pain. And what I will say to you, M's wife, tell him, tell him 
when he comes to you and says, I want to talk about this because that's what we're asking him to do, tell him exactly what you're feeling and don't hold back and trust that he can handle it because he's writing to us saying, I want to make this, I want to figure this out. Yeah. And so tell him, and when you're, you can even say, this feels so uncomfortable because I've never really said what I felt. I've always felt like I shouldn't feel this way or couldn't feel this way. Take a risk and say it. And I, I think you, and again, when I say, say it, you're not yelling it. You're not saying this is all your fault. You're not saying you're a jerk. You are saying the way you feel. You're taking ownership for the way you feel. Mm -hmm. And if you guys can do that respectfully to each other and listen and don't talk over each other, I feel like I'm already in the room. Yeah. Don't say, but, 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 or wait, wait, look at this. Wait, I did the, I emptied the dishwasher yesterday though. Don't, don't butt in and, and tell the other person how you were there. Just let them talk and listen in silence. Well, and pick, um, five different things that you're grateful for. Like, you know, I'll honor this guy. I mean, he's listening to podcasts, writing to us of how to get better or how to improve or how to figure this out. A lot of husbands out there would, would not deal with it this way. Mm -hmm. They would blow off their wife or go to the bar and complain to their friends about his Or normalize wife. it. Say, or, my wife nags. Right. We and, fight. And he's mm -hmm. not doing that. Mm -hmm. And I'm And I'm sure this woman can uh, we can say an equal amount of things of amazing things that she's doing of so course. it's just what are you what you focus on grows focus on what is working and the things that aren't working won't seem so big mm -hmm. so and then i do want to introduce something at, we have another question we're, we're gonna have a shorter show today but we have another question i want to we're going to answer here in a second after i talk about our first partner but uh it's kind of a clearing model and maybe it will help um, I've took some, some notes out of a book that I have been reading and it's helped me and maybe it'll help them. And I know hopefully it'll help this other person on the second question. But first, uh, Canvas People, um, they are our partner. They are a website. They take, uh, it's an easy to use photo to canvas service that takes your favorite photo memories and turns them into beautiful artwork for you to enjoy every day. Instead of snapping that beautiful photo and letting it rot in your cell phone, bring that photo to life put it on your walls at home, in your office, or give it as a great gift. Uh, Father's Day is coming up June 18th, so it's a wonderful opportunity for a wonderful Father's Day gift. We do have a coupon code that has been working for our listeners for the last month or so, and this coupon code is ZEN, and what that does is it takes uh, an 11 by 14 canvas that ordinarily would cost you uh, just under 70 bucks, takes it down to zero. That's right, zero. You just pay shipping. So it's canvaspeople.com. If you click on the 11 by 14 canvas and you enter coupon code ZEN, Z-E-N, it'll go from 69.99 down to zero. So check out Canvas People. It doesn't get much better than that. Wait, I just so crazy. Okay. I just literally opened my book in front of me and read something that's really helpful. Oh, great. Let's and hear it. we've talked about this before, I think, but it just happens to be in this book about bids. Mm -hmm. About so bids, cool. B-I-D-S? Yeah, yeah. So listen to this. To build resilience in a loving long-term relationship, we need to pay attention to the everyday interactions mm -hmm. we have, right? That's what we were just talking about. In a well-known study, 130 newlyweds were invited to spend the day at a love lab 
Mm. This is kind of cool. So it kind of resembled a bed and breakfast. It was called a love lab. Psychologists observed the couples interacting in the wild, in the wild just meaning in everyday life. And they made, and these psychologists made predictions about which marriages would last. Okay. I think I've heard the study. Yeah, but go ahead. I think we discussed it. I think we talked about this. But it's so valuable. Tell in me this again, because I forget. The psychologists were able to predict divorce over the next six years with 83% accuracy, which is unreal. And this is how the key was buried in the couple's conversations, which often started with bids for att- attention, affection, support, or laughter. For example, we are making a bid when we say something like, hey, look at that bird. Or are we out of butter? When a partner makes a bid, the other partner has two choices, okay? So someone, a bid is like they're offering something Look out of the conversation. Bird. Look at that bird. You either, the, the partner has two choices to either turn away or turn toward. Mm. Turning away means dismissing, ignoring the bid, just being like, yeah, dumb bird, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. But um, the other option is uh, turning toward, which means engaging, Yep, I see that bird. It is really pretty. Or, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure we have butter. I'll go get some. The newlyweds who stayed together over the next six years turned toward each other 86% of the time, while couples who got divorced turned toward each other only 33% of the time. Most of the couple's fights weren't about money or sex or kids, but about failed bids for connection. Mm. How's that? And we get a million of those examples every week. And I'm just thinking about you and I, like I'm kind of quirky when I'm walking around and I say things like that all the time. I'll say to Todd, oh, look at that pretty bird. Or I mean, I say that, or I'll talk to ants or, you know, talk to spiders in the house or something. And Todd will be like, where is it? Or, oh yeah, he's there. And he's not. Or sometimes you have me catch the spider in the cup, in the cup and release him to the wild, which means our front doorstep. And I, if I was a lesser guy, I would say, kill it yourself or, or something like or that. Stop talking or to stop things talking to that aren't going to talk back to yeah, you. Stop talking to the spider. And our other bid is movie lines, music, and inside jokes. Mm-hmm. Todd never fails me when I throw out an inside joke. He always, all I have to say is like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of one. All I have to say is like perfume. Yes, that's from cocktail. And then Todd will say the next line back to me. We connect through our jokes. And if I had a partner who I threw a joke out to him and he just dropped it. It'll make you feel less than stupid. I would feel, first of all, we just disconnected. Second Mm -hmm. of all, I feel like I shouldn't do that again because that was embarrassing. And third of all, I feel like this person doesn't care about me. You mean something like this, sweetie? Yeah, I called her up. She gave me a bunch of crap about me not listening to her enough or something. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> he didn't turn towards. He turned away. He turned away. So I get in again, this isn't completely about M. It's about all of us. Like, are you turn when someone engages you, like when they say something like, did you turn the water off or did you, um, you know, do you think it's going to be a nice day tomorrow? Instead of saying, we'll check the weather. You can say something like, I hope so. Right. That'll really help out our day if it is. Do you see how you take, you either pick it up or you drop it. That's another way I would say is like, it's almost like an improv. I watched this great movie um, last week and it's called, um, 
Oh, it's the movie I told you about, the Ira Glass movie, the one that he produced. I don't remember what it was called, It's though. called, look up Ira Glass movie improv, so I can get the right title. Anyway, it's all about the improv scene and about the kind of the agreements that improv... Don't think twice. Don't think twice. Uh, the agreements that improvisational actors have with each other. And for those of you that, have, you know, have heard interviews with Tina Fey or with Amy Poehler, with, they talk about this, you know, that first of all, you always say yes you know, you always you don't drop it. You continue on. You in in don't think twice. They do this thing before they go out where they say, "Have your back, have your back, have your back," and they they tell each other that they have each other's back. They're not going to let a joke drop on them. Right. And that's kind of in a partnership. We've got to kind of do that improv thing where we show up and say yes. And if we can't say yes, we say, "I heard you, mm -hmm. but I'm too tired to say yes right. right now." You know, for whatever thing. Um, we don't make the other one feel dumb. So we can feel righteous. We don't do that to people we love. And if you have done it, then you be the one who come back, who comes back and says, I won't do that anymore. I think here's another example of a couple who made it. Okay. Norman! Come here, come here. Norman! Hurry up. The loons. The loons. They're welcoming us back. I don't hear a thing. <laughs> he turned away. He, he turned away. Different generation. <laughs> Maybe he couldn't hear it, though. Maybe Henry Fonda's ears weren't working yeah, so well Norman that day. Norman couldn't hear it. And I don't know what this was, but this is from Knocked Up, and it says marriage. So let's just see what this one oh, is. Oh, boy. Marriage is like an unfunny, tense <laughs> version of Everybody Loves Raymond. But it doesn't last 22 minutes. It lasts forever. Not the most inspirational quote. Uh, it's Paul Rudd being negative. Yeah. Yes. He, he has to go to... Uh, fantasy baseball draft in secret. <laughs> That's such a funny movie. Um, okay. So this is the second question we're going to spend, spend much less time on, okay. but it's interesting. Uh, hi, Kathy and Todd, blah, blah, blah. I was listening to the Decrease Anxiety podcast where Todd mentioned how it pushes his buttons when people say I'm so busy. It does drive me nuts yes. when people say I'm too busy because mm -hmm. we're all busy. We're busy doing whatever we're doing. And I just pe think people use that phrase way too much. Or can I, I'm sorry sure, to stop, but people, I was just telling you about a, a phone call I got the other day where someone's like, I'm going to be here and then I'm going to be here and then I'm going to be super busy here and then I'm not going to have any time here and I may get home at this time. I'm not sure. And if there's anything I can do to help you, <laughs> you just let me know. And I was listening to that message going, um. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of space in that day. <laughs> Um, my question is, how do you deal with people like that? I recently had an encounter with an old friend who also said this to me and followed up with a judgy remark, how she doesn't have as much time as me. Ooh, snarky comment. My jaw dropped. How could one mother judge another mother and how much time we dedicate to the family work, etc.? That was the end of the conversation, but I left feeling fury and thinking of all these things to say back to her, but didn't. So I'd love to hear your take about how to handle comments like this. Um, so that was her question. And um, so this may be a little litigious or boring. Litigious is, is legalese. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. You it's know not what litigious. I mean. it's, what, it's not even close to litigious. <laughs> um, oh, I know what word you're looking for. It's like... Methodical. It's but sometimes my brain needs how to do something. So in MKP and in this book I'm reading, they talk about a clearing model. You probably learned about this, sweetie, when you were going through school. I don't okay. know. It's a, it's a formalized way of getting through an argument. So for our last question for M, 
this might help, or for this woman, this might help. So a clearing model, it's it's basically a formula for how to deal with something when you're feeling upset. This woman's feeling upset because she feels like she was judged by this other mom, mm-hmm. okay? So this is what you do. Um, so you're person A, and you say to your friend, I need to clear up an issue because I value our friendship, okay? Step one. Mm-hmm. Uh, when would a good time be to talk? But you, first you got to say, I value our friendship. Right, mm-hmm. and I, I I see your facial. This expression. is just very MKP. Well, you guys do these. But this kind is of also. Like, but yes, you're right. We do do. You these do these things. like I'm gonna. I need to do da da with. Right, you. it's a right. formula. It's, it's a, a formula. mathematical yeah. formula for something emotional. And when I say mm-hmm. it, that's very MKP, I'm not putting it down. No, I know. But you guys like show up and understand this process. But I think this comes from uh, Gay and what's her name Hendrix. Yes. So I think this came from them, but anyways. Right. So that's what you do. So then you establish a time to talk. So because if you hit this person up, so in this example, if this mom says, hey, I value our friendship, I need to talk to you about this right now. If the woman, if the friend- She may not have time. She may not have time. So you got to establish an agreed upon time to do it. And then you start with the facts are. So the facts are something that if a video were recording what happened, which got you so mad, these are the facts. So she would say, the facts are, you said to me um, that I don't have as much time, that, that, she, that you don't have as much time as I do. Mm-hmm. Like these are the facts. It's something that will be captured on video that leaves no room for interpretation. So you start out with the facts. And some qualities about the facts is they're inarguable. You can't argue. Like this is what was said. Got it. Facts. Objective, black and white reality. Sweetie's got that. Right. Well, we, facts are facts. Like this is what happened. But but it's important to make that distinct uh, to distinguish that because some people are like the facts are you pissed me off. Right. Like, that's, and that's not emotions. that's emotions. Mm-hmm. So then you say I make up a story or my my story around this is that you think that your time is more valuable than mine. Okay. okay? So you talk about your judgments around this, mm-hmm. and then lastly you say I feel angry, sad, upset, frustrated, blah, blah, blah. And then you can, if you want, take responsibility. My part in this is blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So then the so then you ask this friend, because if this is a stranger on the street, you wouldn't have to go through this because who cares if a stranger hates you? But if it's an old friend that you value their friendship, so then you want the other person to mirror back what you just heard, just mm-hmm. so there's a clear understanding. Mm-hmm. Okay, so say, you know, Am I making sense? Do you, what is it that you just heard? So then you mirror back what you just heard because there's a lot of room for interpretation and you have selective listening. So who mirrors back? The, her friend okay. will mirror back to her. What I heard you say was that you right. think... And, and again, this is like you... Everything you're saying is valuable. Like there's no like, oh, that's dumb or that won't work. It does work. Right. But you, that other person may not want to mirror back. Like right. you're, you're acting, well, not acting, the, you're suggesting yeah. that the other person somehow in on this. That's why MKP, everybody knows how to do this. Right, right. And, you know, maybe it wouldn't be good in this situation. But if you are in a marriage where you're, you know, let's talk, let's talk about the first guy. Right. You know, right. If you're in a honey, marriage, we yes. have a hard time sometimes yes. communicating because our emotions and our feelings get right. the best of us. And we say things, can we use this clearing model? Sure. Sure. And sure, all you sure. have to do is Google clearing model and it will walk you through. I mean, right. this is. And that Todd's using the very, like, like he said, he's walking through it methodically. Here's how you say it. Here's how you do it. You can do it your own way with your own language and your own personality. You don't 
don't have to literally have a sheet of paper in front of you. Right. But for those of you who don't know how to do this kind of communication at all, it may not hurt mm-hmm. to have the paper so you guys are on the same page, right. literally. Yep. Using the same page. Yeah. Did you get my don't don't let it drop. I got it. I'm turning in. Are you turning? Did I'm you hear that funny thing I said? Funny. Turning in. I didn't hear laughter. Um uh laughter? I didn't hear laughter and I said we're all I had a sheet of paper, we're all on, on the, the same, same page. page. Yes. That, uh, that clapping, I don't need clapping. <laughs> no. That's, that's the only laughter scary I got. Person. Oh. There it is. There it is. There it is. Don't turn toward. Um so anyway, I I think that you're right on. I think that's something that can be done and I like how you said differentiating between people who are really good friends and people who are acquaintances because if it's someone who is an acquaintance let me go the other way first if it's someone who's some you know who's a really good friend or is your partner or is someone that you come into contact with almost daily what Todd's suggesting may be necessary to keep the relationship healthy, that you really do need to take some kind of action to make sure that you're being heard. If it's somebody that is an acquaintance, my my suggestion is to remember that productivity, uh, this is a quote from Brene Brown, productivity is our new status symbol, okay? Mm-hmm. And people like to compete with each other with their productivity, I actually try and go the other way now because I think it's kind of fun. I like going against the grain where people will be like, what's going on? You'd be like, nothing. nothing. I'm not doing anything at all. I do it a lot when people are like, oh, my weekend and then we have this and then we have to go there and I'll be like, yeah, I have nothing. Yeah. Even if I do have a few things, right. it's totally manageable. Right. And, you know, anyway, I just like to kind of go against the grain because then everybody stops talking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then it's like, oh, like you basically, it's kind of like you've, there's no win to be had because W-I-N, because you're not competing. Well, it's and like it's also a busy. foreign response. It is. Because yeah. when somebody says that to somebody, mm-hmm. 99 times out of 100, they're going to respond back mm-hmm. with, oh yeah, me too. I got to drop the kids off at soccer and I got to have a meeting with a coworker and blah, 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 blah. It's how we like normalize each other and connect with, and that's the thing is sometimes it's just a connection. What's like, the quote you said? The, the productivity? Productivity is the new status symbol. The new status symbol. So the way that we we recognize or talk about or articulate how powerful and strong and, you know, how how much we want to be seen, we speak that through how productive we are. Mm-hmm. We try and demonstrate how we're busier. We have more to do. We're, we're more overwhelmed than the next mom. If the, you know, these families don't have to deal with anything. I have to deal with everything. And let me say, sometimes if you were really to break everything out, it could be true. Yeah. Like this is kind of like when we were saying to M, it's not, I'm not saying when you say that you're always wrong. I'm saying don't assume that you know what's going on in anyone else's life. Right. I can speak from a lot of personal experience that a lot of people don't know my weekly experience. And so, you know, a lot of times people, you know, email us, oh, you guys don't have any issues. You guys, things are easy because, you know, you don't, you guys don't argue or you, or they'll say to me, the worst is, well, you have Todd, yeah. so you don't have to worry about these things as if we've never struggled or, and, and again, I'm not, when I'm saying this, I'm not trying to do then jump into the, I'm comparing my pain. What I'm saying is don't assume. And instead you can share, but like your friend is trying to say, I feel better about myself because 
I have more to do than you do. So I am a better and more powerful person. Yeah. And you don't have to take that bait. Mm-hmm. You can actually, you could even say to her, oh, it does sound like you have a lot going on. I would say it sucks to be you, but that probably wouldn't be very yeah, kind. It may not work. Because <laughs> what basically why we're giving you this option is because she is trying to engage you in a competition. Well, and what's interesting is her reaction, our listener's reaction is interesting because there's probably some deep down Barry like, That's what oh, I was say. what's exactly. going on? I, I, If I'm not that busy, then I must be doing something wrong. Well, it's one of two things. It's either she is indeed busier than me, so there's something wrong with me, or does she not see yeah. how busy I actually probably am? probably option two. Exactly. It's one or two. And it's I then need to demonstrate and speak about how busy I am, but then don't you see you're engaging in yeah. this competition? Let her let her be more busy. Let her you. be more busy. Like Make, that's your work. That isn't a status symbol. The whole point of me telling you, you know, why that has become productivity has become the new status symbol is don't play. Mm-hmm. Just simply don't pick it up. This yeah. is this is where you actually turn away. Not necessarily from her as a friend, but you, when you're turning away from her, you're turning towards yourself. You are. Right? You, that's a good way to say it. Where you're saying all you have to say is, oh, you do sound really busy, or you can just say, well. I don't necessarily know if that's true, but it does. You don't. I'm not saying you have to like let the ball drop on you where you agree with her that she's busier. You can say, "Well, that may not be necessarily true, but it sounds like you're really busy." Reminds me of the Sex in the City where Sarah Jessica Parker is going to the baby shower, and uh-huh. the mom says some snarky things oh, like, yeah. "Oh, you just don't know what it's like because you, it's Tatum O'Neill." Yeah, because I have kids and you don't. Correct. And she, what happens is, if you want to know the sure, details, tell me. Carrie goes to the party and she takes, they have to take off their shoes because there's kids who live in the house, right? Um, yeah. Which, and there's a lot of friends I have who have shoeless homes. Yeah. Right? There's no problem with that. But Carrie's wearing, you know, Manolo Blahniks and mm. she's, or Jimmy Choo's, I can't remember which one, doesn't matter, expensive shoes. And as she's leaving, they're gone. Mm-hmm. The shoes are gone. And as I told you, it's funny, on a side note, JC and I went looking for shoes uh, a couple weeks ago, and we decided to just run into Nordstrom's to see if there was a sale. And the first shoes we picked up, just for fun, happened to be Manolo Blahniks, $995. I would have gotten three pairs. I said, to, and JC was like, does that say? I'm like, it does. It's These are not normal things. But anyway, my point is... <laughs> is point that, is, we didn't get those shoes. Well, we were just looking at them for fun, and we left Nordstrom. I love Nordstrom's, but we went to DSW. Yeah. With the, what's it called? DSW warehouse or whatever. And she got some shoes. But anyway, um, so Carrie lost these shoes. Someone stole them. And Tatum O'Neill, who was her friend, was like, oh, big deal. Mm. You know, you don't understand what it's like. You know, I have so many things going on, Carrie, and they're just shoes and you need to learn. And there was a disrespect Mm. for her friend's life that just because we have children and that we feel busy, a life we created, by the way, we chose this life, that we are somehow value ourselves more. Hey, if anybody wants to rethink that, go to one of Dr. Shafali's talks. Shafali will will take that idea out of your head pretty quick. She actually turns that on its head Mm -hmm. and says that people who have children are more selfish. selfish And so again, you don't have to agree with that. And you would want to hear her out with that because she has a really well thought out explanation. She's not being harsh. Oh, it'll it'll make you think. But it'll make you think. And, you know, it's, it's something... 
basically the things that Todd and I talk about a lot that we try never to do with each other and never to do with people we love or even strangers for that matter. Don't compare pain. Mm -hmm. Don't compare your busy life. Mm -hmm. Don't compare these things. Don't play the game of thinking you know more about what it means because you don't or you don't know that you do. And when and when you start to talk that game, you disconnect from people. You start to see them differently. They start to see you differently. So, um, so to close the show, I do want to. I always have Sweetie do the uh, Team Zen talk, uh-huh. um, but I want to try to do it. So, what is Team Zen? It's a monthly subscription for those of you who like listening to this podcast and want to uh, be a little more interactive. We do these Zoom calls three or four times a month. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, you said Zoom calls, and I thought you said it wrong, but no, you're right. Yeah. Zoom calls. And so if you have questions and you want to be interactive with Kathy and I, we've been doing it since the beginning of May, and we're going to keep doing it because people seem to like it and more people are signing up for it. So the way to – it's 25 bucks a month, and the way to register is go to our uh, zenparentingradio.com, click on events, and you'll see Team Zen. Is that what it's called, it Team Zen? It's Team Zen Zen Talks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do that, uh, we'd love to have you, and we're having fun. Well, and the thing is, is, you know, we knew this would happen, but it kind of becomes its own thing. Like Mm -hmm. we were like, okay, we're going to do three Zen talks a month. And then we're like, oh, let's, um, you know, start having, sending emails Mm -hmm. when we like think of resources. And then all of a sudden we're like, we need a Facebook page where people can ask questions and share resources. So all of a sudden we've become a community, Mm -hmm. which is why we call it Team Zen, because for those of you who feel alone, in your self-aware parenting, conscious parenting, uh, mindful parenting, whatever you call it, there's a team waiting for you. Yeah. Um, and we're from I, the woman who registered today is from New Zealand. Good night, mate. No, that's Australia, baby. Oh, what do they say in New Zealand? I don't know, but if you know any, if you know what the New Zealand accent sounds like, go ahead and. But there, I I don't think there's one, maybe two people from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else is from all over the United States and yeah. all over the country or all over the world. So it's a pretty cool team. Yeah, it's fun. And we're having fun with it. We're going to ride it out until we're not having fun with it. And then we're going to stop. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. Correct. Uh, our last two partners, uh, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He truly has a bald head. And he is a beauty. <laughs> And uh, he does remodeling and painting all over the Chicagoland area. The name of his business is called Avid Company, and it's avidcode.net. Give him a call. Do some uh, rehabbing or some remodeling in your house. He's the goods. And then our other partner is Dr. Kelly from Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Website is chirotree.com. I got to get in there this week just to get some adjustments and because I have those, uh, what's it called? The, when the, the, the word. Where, Subluxations? Thank you. Actually, hurt. I'm laughing right now because on our bulletin board, there's a picture of Jeremy that we took and we made him hold a screwdriver in one hand <laughs> and pliers in the other. But he's wearing a Zen parenting hat and it shouldn't be. We should have his bald headed beautiness uh, showing. Well, it, we probably said to him, hold a screwdriver, yeah, hold be, these pliers. Because you fix stuff. <laughs> you certainly fix a lot of things around this house. Um, so that's all I got. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, you want to, uh, I was going to say this. Um, here, Tonight. Here's my. Got to talk tonight. Oh, uh, yeah, I won't talk about that. Okay. Just because most people listen, um, the day of. Okay. But words of wisdom. You ready? Okay. Understanding ourselves as human beings. Wash your mind with don't know soap. That, that's my favorite. I, I gave that to you. I know. You gave what this is that to me. From I forget. Some Buddhist guy said, "Wash your mind with, with don't, don't know soap. soap." I love that. Why do you love that, sweetheart? 
Because then you're an empty cup. Then you show up and you don't act like you know everything. You don't know everything. And when someone's telling you their experience, instead of saying, well, yeah, but here's my experience, wash your mind with don't know soap and say, tell me more. And then you know what happens? Then their heart opens and then your heart opens. And all of a sudden you're talking on a more intimate level. And all of a sudden they say, now tell me your story. And then butterflies come out and then doves fly. That's right. And um, so the idea is that to have the empty cup, yes. right? What's the empty cup? Represent? Same thing as, as washing your mind with don't know soap. It just means that instead of showing up to a conversation with a full cup, which is like overflowing with information. <laughs> oh. This is Red Solo Cup. Proceed to party, proceed to party. All right. Todd and I love it that he says proceed to party. Proceed to party. Like who wrote that great lyric? I don't know. Toby Keith, right? Well, right. I, I mean, I know it's him, but what I mean is what a great proceed to party. <laughs> That's a great word for that <laughs> for that lyric. Um, all right, guys, keep trucking and, and, you know, be cool. That's right. Right? Adios. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us again next time. If you are a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. Or you can also just tell a friend about our show. Todd and I do speaking engagements about Zen parenting and self-awareness, so if you have an interested group or organization, contact us at kathy at zenparentingradio.com. That's Kathy with a C. Hey, next year's Zen Parenting Conference is March 2nd and 3rd, 2018. If you want to know more about this or any of our upcoming events, go to zenparentingradio.com and click events. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or on Amazon. If you're a guy, I have two resources for you. I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys. On the phone, Skype, or in person, we set goals together and come up with a plan to meet those goals, whether it's a relationship, parenting, career, time management, work-life balance, all that good stuff. Go to toddadamscoaching.com, and uh, I also have uh, the first session is free, so it's really no risk. Or if you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out thetribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It won't cost you anything, but we get a small commission from Amazon. I want to give a special thanks to both of our partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support and keep on trucking.